Well, good morning. I hope you taste that honey. <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, you, you measure time differently, don't you, in the middle of a crisis. It's just dis disorienting. Uh, it, it, things just seem to drag on. Um, and yet, you know, we're back here again uh, in worship and a little better than we were last week. So hopefully each week will be a little better. Um, so welcome if you're a guest. We're glad you're here. It'll be a little different Sunday, but it won't be different for you because you have nothing to compare it to. So just think of it being normal. If you like it, then you'll be let down when it's not like that next week. But if you don't like it, well, you can come check us out next week. We'll probably be a little more normal uh, if there is such a thing as us vineyard folks being normal. So never been too uh, good at being normal. Um, but we, we're grateful for those of you online watching us and your family and your prayers. And I know we've got Costlin Lorraine and South Africa, the former national. He started the vineyard there 40 years ago this month in South Africa. He was the, one of the second countries birth, uh, the UK, then South Africa, uh, New Zealand. I mean, and, and just He's, the patri he's a patriarch. He, he, he was supposed to be here uh, this week for our men's retreat, uh, flying in. And they, they, they gave a gracious word uh, that we're going to show next week uh, because we got just a, a good, overwhelming, you know, here, shoot videos from leaders. And so Phil Stroud, also our former national leader, uh, shot us a video, and we're going to show because it'll be, it'll be more appropriate next week. Um, and so, uh, let me just take you a run through the week. We started last Sunday and said that we had three buckets, uh, that we're going through feeding every day. Bucket number one, we've been doing that. And let me just show you evidence of that by numerical numbers. So this week, let's see some pictures first, and then we'll go to the numbers. So here's uh, the Vineyard Supermarket is open for business. Uh, the Vineyard Kitchen is pouring out. Uh, I mean, they're just uh, pouring it out. Um, and, and then just it became uh, a refuge, uh, uh, AC, and, and let people being loved on and welcome. And and we found out early on we needed shopping carts. And so we were improvising, and people couldn't carry the food. And so I went over to Dollar General, and then they gave me five broken ones. And so I don't know if it was a good idea or not because the wheels weren't working, and people were frustrated. But anyway, we made it happen. Um, is that, do we have any? Uh, so let's do some. Uh, so we provided 4,380 meals this week right here. That's, think about that. I mean, we're only talking 18 days. I don't know when we started. I can't remember the day it was. But, and we've given out over 100,000 pounds of stuff, supplies. We, it, I mean, that's inconceivable. That one, we had six pallets this high. A pallet is like well, you see these cans on, except it was this high. Six pallets of pineapples. And they went like hotcakes. It was unbelievable. I've had panic on me, thinking I'm like, all I could see was fruit flies and rod, and, and, and poof, they were gone. And just have had amazing time. So in this, this bucket, uh, we've spent uh, just on, on meals uh, this week, food supplies. We spent, uh, do we have that number? Uh, 
$13,500 just feeding here. Uh, and that's where the 4,000 uh, meals comes from and, and, and just the laborers, uh, they're wore out, staff's wore out. We're going to go to at least Thursday. We're going to restart dinner church Thursday night. We'll serve lunch every day. We move the hours to 11 to 3 instead of 9 to 3. Uh, We've we got to be sustainable. So we, we need your help. I get it. Many of you are just working, and you can't. And uh, that's okay. Do what you can. But if you can, uh, everything from greeting people at the door to helping clean the kitchen to helping serve people and being a blessing. So if you can, what's been so powerful to me is seeing people that came in getting stuff came back and said, can we serve? And I'm like, yes. Uh, it's an easy in in the vineyard to serve because the V in vineyard stands for? Extremely weak and embarrassing. I have a leader here from the vineyard trying to show out a little bit to him. The V in vineyard stands for? Thank you. So don't sign up, just show up, you know, whenever. We're here, uh, and we'd love to help. Um, and it's, it's going to be a full week again. And then uh, just kind of, are Bob and Pam here? Did they make it off the beach? We've got several families, and all the islands, Pine Island, Sanibel, Fort Myers Beach, we have members of this church in those places. And so, and so we, Bob and Pam is kind of the face, in my mind, of the tragedy. And just show her picture there. This is in the middle of, uh, uh, middle of the storm. I can't look at it without crying. They made it. Her husband spent five hours holding his shoulder against the glass door. The bottom went out. They stayed in the top. She leads one of our small groups at the beach with 25 ladies. And, uh, and she and her husband, Bob, are just... And then, right, and show them their neighborhood. Do you know the difference between the two? The bigger neighborhood. This is before where they lived at the beach. And this is after. And one of those homes that's still standing is theirs. Those are gone. They're just good. They're gone. There's nothing there. And so then we have uh, Natasha that just helped lead us in worship, her mother. They were, Natasha was up at a vineyard worship leaders thing with Kelly, our worship leader, our daughter, and had to ride the storm out up there, which you could say, well, good for them. That's horrible to be away from your children, your family, your husband, and not being able to get a, her last call with her mother. She, she, she could hear her mother, but her mother could not hear her. And she hears a helicopter over shouting, we need to evacuate you. you know, and she goes, no, go get somebody else that's more needy. And Natasha's losing her mind, screaming, mom, get on the helicopter. In the middle of the storm, as it got higher than that picture, there were people swimming. And one couple swam into her, Corey's house, and she didn't know it, and got up in the middle of the night, and there was two strangers in her kitchen bleeding on the floor, and, 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 and uh, but Corey's a hero. Where are you, Corey? Uh, stand up, stand up. Let's just give her a hand for being uh, a warrior. Show, show that picture of she and Pam. This is Pam that was neck deep in the water. No, uh, there. These are beach warriors here. Uh, I survived. Jesus. Uh, they're they're, they're going to help rebuild. Uh, these are resilient people. These are, these are selfless people. These are people of the kingdom. 
these are people that have, have just pretty much lost everything. Corey's displaced and, and uh, lost her business, wiped out. Um, so we, uh, <clears throat> we grieved that, and, but we celebrate that, that uh, you're with us uh, here um, uh, and still standing. So, and I know many of you have your own stories, and we're, you know, we're, we're grateful that you're here. Um, last week we said we'd buy a food truck, and we did. Um, you know, so <laughs> there was none we could find that we wanted, and uh, so we were building. Uh, Pastor Kim, Kelly, our worship leader, and Pastor Charles went down to Miami, and we hooked up with these hardworking Cubans and diligent craftsmen, and they build food trucks uh, out of old UPS trucks. And so we, we, we signed the deal uh, 22-foot, uh, complete new commercial kitchen. They're built. They had five trucks in front of us. We were months out. They told them our story. We're not trying to make money. We're trying to give out food. They said, we're going to put you at the head of the line. We'll have it done in two weeks. So, so, we, uh, so we signed the deal, $73,000. We are $56,000. Uh, uh, towards it. Uh, so uh, if you haven't got in on it yet, uh, th this isn't one of those things you want to look back and go, I didn't really sew into that food truck. I don't care if it's five bucks. Uh, but if you've got 5000 or you've got 10000 we want to pay that in cash before we're done uh, getting that truck. We want it paid for. We already got it named. It's going to be called Sweeter Than Honey Vineyard Food Truck. And... Uh, we're going to talk more about that next week and hopefully have some drawings and we'll have it wrapped and have it honey dripping all over it. And uh, it's just going to be, uh, we'll have more fun with that truck than you could imagine. So it's, uh, so if you want to give to that, just mark it on your check or if you give online, you give it to Hurricane Disaster Relief we have on our website. If you're watching online, want to sew into that. So that was the second bucket. The third bucket was well, investing and helping raise from the ashes uh, leaders in our church, uh, former vineyard pastors, uh, Jim and Vicki uh, Overholster on St. James City, and we are in process. Uh, it's happening. Had an AC donated uh, last week, brand new, ductwork donated, the plywood. Uh, we purchased the plywood, but it was brought over from Miami, 50 sheets of tongue and groove. We've had uh, uh, the, the finished flooring donated already. The paint just got donated uh, this morning. The sheetrock hopefully is coming in from out of town. Uh, uh, you know, it's just been God's. We're going to need all new appliances and where to find those. Uh, that'll be a, a journey uh, because many of you are needing the same things, and we get that. Uh, but this is going to be symbolic for us, the, the, a 153 house restoration, um, and it's, uh, it's in process. So uh, we're, we're blessed. So those are our buckets are being filled because you've been faithful, and other churches are blessed. We have a team coming from Vineyard in Brooksville, Florida, north. They were in the eye of the storm. Every noodle but one had the storm going right over top of them. That one noodle was those doggone U.K. people uh, that got it right and meant we got it. Um, but they knew they should have, could have got it, not should have, but could have. I could say should have. Hal will appreciate that, the vineyard pastor. But we're dear, dear, dear friends. He's bringing a team today. 
to come and, and serve here and work out on the island. Carpenter's coming. So we still need the trades to help. If you get some time, uh, just let us know. So we're, we're on mission. I don't know how long we'll keep feeding, but at least till Thursday night, we'll make that announcement and how long we can sustain uh, doing the meal every day. Um, and it's not that people necessarily are going hungry. Some were, but it's just like they, they needed a, a reprieve, and they need to put their money on other things. And so it's been, been a delight to be able to, to do that. You know, in the vineyard, we're a big family. And uh, the Lord has blessed us to have our super regional overseer who was here for our conference in July. And uh, he's coming back under different circumstances. And Joel's a, just a dear brother, dear friend, and busy man. Uh, they got a lot going on. Don't hold it against him. He is from Ohio, so and he is Ohio State fan. So we'll work ourselves through. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll work our way through the, that pain of of that. But you know, but he's a dear brother, and I've asked him to come, and, and he's going to share a little bit with us. Then afterwards, I've got a couple guests that are going to visit with us that are going to be pretty uh, pretty exciting to listen to. So let's give him a hand, uh, Joel Seymour from. Ohio. Well, hey, I am from Ohio, but, uh, you know, it, it does feel a little bit, you know, like home. I mean, everybody I've met, and I mean, it's uh, 40 degrees warmer, but uh, you got a great, you got great church here. You know, I just want to say uh, on the start front end is that Vineyard USA, we are so proud of you all. Um, you have a reputation. I was thinking about this earlier. It's like, the beginning of First Thessalonians where Paul says about the Thessalonians and how the word of God has rung out and how it has rang out and you got a bell and you're ringing it out here, you know? And, uh, and he says, your reputation precedes you that we give thanks to God for you all. And I want to say, well before the hurricane, you all had that reputation. Uh, you had a reputation of being passionate for Jesus, passionate for your community, passionate for one another as a church family. And uh, I saw that firsthand in July and uh, how you treated all of us that came from all over the country and from Texas all the way uh, through to Florida, the Gulf Coast states, and you all treated us well. And let me just say, we couldn't be more prouder of you now. That, that foundation of passion for Jesus, passion for your city and the lost, passion for one another, uh, what I have seen over the last few days has only been magnified. And uh, we are so blessed by you, so encouraged by your resilience and how you are uh, treating this city and loving on this city. I also want to say your leaders have a good reputation, and you are so blessed to have Pastor Kim and Pastor Jamie as your leaders. Let's, let's give it up for them. Amen. Uh, that these have been leaders who have been faithful and have persevered through much. And... Uh, they, you, I see the fruit of their leadership. And your, the staff, too. The staff of this church, the leaders you have here, and even the volunteer leaders you have are incredible. Let's give it up for them, your staff and volunteer leaders, too. So good. We are praying for you. We are for you. Uh, there literally is a check in the mail coming from Vineyard USA. We want to sew into what you all are doing, you know. We believe in you. And so... Uh, because we know this isn't just a, a flash in the pan. This is something you're going to do long term to continue to bless your city. 
Like I said, I am from Ohio, but I do feel a little, you know, akin to the folks here. I mean, for one reason, you know, I've met a, quite a few people. There's a lot of Second Amendment folks in Florida, aren't there? I mean, I thought I was back home for a second. And uh, uh, I tell you what, uh, we have a lot of hunters in our church, shotgun, muzzleloaders, and bow. And if you've ever went to a bow store, uh, one of the things you'll see when you go in uh, to an archery store is there'll be signs that'll say, if you dry fire it, you'll buy it. And the reason is, what dry fire is, you take the bow, you pull the string back, you don't have an arrow in it, and you release that thing, and all the energy of that string has to go somewhere. And since there wasn't an arrow, it goes into the bow itself. And if you have a recurve bow, you may just snap the thing right in your hand. If you have a compound bow, uh, you'll likely screw the pulleys up, but if, even if not, even if you don't do that, you will at least put micro fractures into that bow and it is weakened now and it won't have the sustainability that it, that it could have had in the use. Here's what I've learned about trauma in my own life and it's the word I want to bring you all today as I bring a word of encouragement is as you go through trauma, that's a lot of energy. And brothers and sisters, that energy has to go somewhere. And if we don't have an arrow in the bow of our life, that energy will go to our minds, go to our hearts, it'll go to our bodies. And so we have to learn a way to deal with that trauma and that energy. The other thing that you'll notice is maybe you will throw an arrow in your uh, bow during this time of trauma, and it'll go at the wrong target. My, my guess is, I, I just guess, I bet you there's been a, a couple family squabbles in the last uh, two and a half weeks. I bet you at the workplace, it's been a little more tense at times, right? It's because that energy has to go somewhere, and we'll fire it at the wrong target. God has given us an arrow, and then let me tell you, he is the right target to throw it at. And the arrow he has given us is the arrow of lamenting and grieving. You know, throughout the Bible, we see that. We don't talk a lot about it in the American church. We don't, I don't think we know how to grieve, how to lament well. But there's a whole book called Lamentations. The word lament means to complain or to grieve. And it's a whole book. And if you read it, it's a prophet of God complaining and grieving to God. And he gives all of that to God over and over again. If you read the Psalms, 85% of the Psalms contain a lament. They complain a, uh, contain a, a grief of sorts. David crying out, Oh God, why do the wicked prosper and, and yet the righteous are being squashed. Why is that, oh God? And, you know, and he just gives up all his pain. I want to give you permission to do that. You're a strong people. I've witnessed that in this room the last three days if I've heard stories. You're resilient people. Uh, many of you have said things. I've heard the conversations. I've been conversations with you. Say, oh, you know, I'll say, how's your house? Oh, we're okay, man. We, we, you know, we lost our pool cage. You know, other people, they lost their roof. And I've talked to people who say, oh, man, I lost my roof, but I still have my house. And I've talked to people who say, oh, man, you know, lost all a bit of drywall in my house, but I still got the structure, you know. I've talked to other people who say, man, I lost everything, whole house. But, you know, a guy down the street lost his life. And what happens in that, and, and I understand what we're doing in those moments, but let me just give you permission. Your trauma is your trauma. Your loss is your loss. And every loss deserves an appropriate amount of grief. And so if you lost your pool cage, you, you, need to, you need to grieve that. 
If, if maybe everything in your house is 100% perfect and you feel so grateful and yet you're grieving for your kids because they've lost a sense of normalcy. You, you need to grieve that. Maybe you have everything and yet what you've lost is a sense of safety and security and stability because the whole world changed in a moment. That's okay. You need to grieve that. And of course, with all the other losses, the tangible losses you've incurred, those all need grieved. You know, our Lord knew this, don't you? You remember in the garden? He takes his friends to the garden. He's going to grieve in community. And he goes, and it's one of the most audacious prayers in the whole Bible, because if you think about it, thousands of years of salvation history is moving to the next day when our Lord will be crucified. And he has the audacity and the guts to say, God, if there's any way for you to take this from me, do it. I don't want to do this. He grieves to the point his body feels it. He sweats drops of blood, which is a real medical condition during anxiety. And in the midst of grieving, he does it three times. Take this cup, but, but not, not my will, yours, but take this cup. Do it. No. An angel shows up and ministers to him. And something happens to our Lord in that moment. All of a sudden, the guy that should be the, the victim becomes the victor. He stands up, and it's almost like a story that he shouldn't be in control of. He becomes in control. Look, there are my accusers coming to arrest me. Let's go to them, right? The, the next day, in front of kings, it looks like he's the king because he is the king of kings. Herod isn't in charge. Pilate isn't in charge. The crowd isn't in charge. Jesus is in charge. And he has grieved and processed his loss so much that as they are putting nails through his wrists and feet, he's able to say what? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I contend that the only way the human part of Jesus could do that is because he had grieved well the night before. All that loss had already been processed. And he was able to show up well in those moments. Brothers and sisters, I, I want to encourage you to get real with God. Write letters of lament. Cry out to him. If, if your letters or your cries are like, Thee thouest, O God, I'm a little upset. That, that's probably not a real lament. I mean, you got to get gut level. I've been around a few of you. Some of you are cussers. And so if you're cussers, you might as well let that fly because God's seen it in your heart. So just give it to him. His shoulders are big enough to take your anger. It doesn't have to be theologically correct. It ain't time for theologically. The theologically correct thing to do is to give God your grief. And as you do that, you'll notice something. You'll notice what Pastor Kim read out of Psalm 126. You will sow tears, and yet you will reap joy. Back to Lamentations, back to the Psalms. Every time there's a lament, there's a grief. You think of David and all that he gives to God and all his grief and all his complaints and his fist shaking at God. He always ends with, but I'll lift the cup of salvation. I'll praise your name. I'll teach the pagans that don't know you. I'll teach them your word. I will delight in you, O oh God. Every time. So I want to encourage you to cycle through that. So in your tears then celebrate what God is doing. 4,300 meals, that deserves celebration, right? But the losses, they deserve grief too. I want to invite Pastor Kim and Pastor Jamie up. I want to invite the staff to stand up right where they're at. If there's any staff in the room, uh, to go ahead and stand. Go ahead, guys, gals, whoever's on staff. And 
If we could, uh, a few people around these two, I think they're the only step we got over here, Carrie. Uh, just some folks, could you lay some hands on them? We want to pray. Uh, I'm going to be praying over the pastors and leaders. You'll be doing that. We're also praying over the whole church. Um, can I just say, you know this better than I do, um, uh, these two have spent decades sowing tears over you all and over a city because they love you. And when you hurt, they hurt. And I also say when I look over this room, they've reaped joy (laughs) because they've seen how you all have responded to the word of the Lord and your lives have been transformed. Every staff member that's standing has done the same thing. They have sown tears over this congregation. Charles in the back. We need some folks to pray for him. These staff members have sown tears, some for decades, They've obviously all sown it with you all in the last three weeks. And we just want to pray blessing on them that they will reap joy. So, Holy Spirit, just come. Come from my brothers and sisters right now. These leaders, these men and women that have chosen to lay down their lives for the sake of the kingdom. There's a million other things they could be doing in this life. More profitable careers, but you have called them to this. And they're gaining a treasure that cannot be taken away from them. Their inheritance is looking out from this stage and seeing men and women whose lives have been transformed. We thank you for that. I thank you for every tear that has been sown by these leaders, Pastor Jamie and Pastor Kim and the rest of the pastors and leaders that are standing. And Lord, you gave me a picture that you are collecting every tear into a bottle. (laughs) And every tear that has been shed for their own loss, for seeing the people in this room and in their city who've lost. All of those tears are being collected by you, and there is going to be an abundance of joy poured out on these leaders and on this city and in this church. I pray a blessing on this church right now. Let honey not just be symbolic. Let honey be a real thing that their mouths would fill up with the word of God and the presence of God and they would be refreshed as the light may go out of their eyes. May they be refreshed by the spirit of God and they be able to move on like, yes, Lord, I can be sustained by your presence. Thank you, Jesus. And together as a a group, as a community of faith, we pray that many, many people would come to know Jesus. What the enemy meant for evil would be turned for good and that many people would come to know Jesus because of all that has happened. Bless this church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Good word, buddy. Good word. Good word. (laughs) So, I thought if I could have anybody on the planet come today. No offense, Joel. Uh, He would be on the list, but at the top of the list would be our spiritual father. The reason we're in the vineyard, the reason we are vineyard, the reason we love the vineyard, the reason we fight for vineyard values as guardians of those values, because we've lived under every national leader that we've had, from John Wimber to Todd Hunter to Burt Wagner to Phil Strout to now Jay Pathak, and we've been the journey with them. And uh, we have people in our church that were part of the first small group in the vineyard as it started. So I thought, if I could have anybody, we'd have John Wimber. Why not? 
go big or go home. And I told Joel that, and he says, I hear he's kind of hard to get nowadays. He's been in heaven for ever since we planted this church, so 25 years or so, uh, he's been in heaven. But the Lord assured me, I told Costa in South Africa that we were going to have John in church. He goes, oh, are, are you now? I said, yeah, the Lord told me he's going to be in worship today. And he said, what's the verse for that? And, uh, and so we, we can talk about theology later. Uh, right now, I'm just enjoying the moment. Uh, and he is part of that cloud of witnesses. And I think the Lord lets them visit. So we're going to show you a clip. Forgive the audio, the visual. It's, this is early 80s. Okay. Some of you weren't even born then. Uh, and we, but we did have video back then. Uh, hard for you to believe. Um, and he set, I'll set up the story because he's been teaching on how he's tried to lead his church into healing and, and they, everybody got sicker and it was just, it was just, they were defeated and discouraged, but they just kept, kept seeking God. And that's where you're going to pick up the story. Then after John, we have our new national director, Jay Pathick, who has a word for this church. I know it's true when you see the scripture that he uses and we didn't talk about it and uh, you just, a threefold cord is hard to be broken. So enjoy You'll know that this is, you'll see and say, all right, you talk about honesty with God, what Joel just talked about, it'll be modeled, and, and this prophetic word that's been our history uh, in the vineyard. So enjoy John Wimber and Jay Pathick. Well, our worst defeat that night, I go home, I go to bed, I wake up the next morning, the phone's ringing, I go to the phone, and here's a new family in the church, and the guy's on the phone, he says, listen, I got a new job, I, 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 I've got to go to work today, I, this is my, I've got a brand new job, it's just starting today, my wife's sick with a fever, can you come over and pray for her so she'll get well so she can take care of the kids, so I can go to my new job, I think, I, I put my hand on, you're really gotten me into it this time. <laughs> Look what this guy believes this stuff. He's gonna lose his job. I'll be right there. In my best professional tone. Hang up. I get in the car and all the way over there I'm I'm talking to God. I'm saying this this it's still not right, you know. This is not right, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's not right, it's a mess. So I get there and I knock at the door, and a guy comes to the door, leads me in the house, and I mean he I thought she would be out in the living room in her house. He takes me right straight back into their bedroom. I mean, this woman was sick. No woman would let you see her looking like that. I mean, this woman was sick. You know, sick. Sick, sick. I mean, she was sick. And I looked at her and I thought, oh, she's sick. Not good. Not good, you know. This is not good. This is not going to make me look good. This woman is sick. You know, she had a high fever. Face was all flushed. You know, and I walked over and I mumbled some terrible. I don't mean what. I don't know what I said. I, and, I, and I turned around and I began explaining to the guy why people don't always get well when you pray for them. I did. I I began explaining to him why they don't always get well when you pray for them, and. And he's looking at me, but he's a little bit taller than I am, and he's looking over my shoulder, and he's grinning. And I suddenly realize he's not looking at me, he's looking over my shoulder. And I turn around, and there's his wife, she's up, she's got her house coat on, she's already brushed her hair, and she's making the bed. And I said, what happened to you? And she, and she says, I'm well, you healed me. 
I said, oh, no, I can't heal anybody. <laughs> and she said, well, you healed me. I'm feeling fine. You know, would you like to stay for some coffee or something? You know, I said, no, I think I'll just go. <laughs> and so then I went out the door. And I get out the front lawn. And I look up and I go, all right. You know, we got one. I was so incredibly excited. Oh, I got in the car, and I'm driving along, and I had a vision. It was the first one I'd ever had. Anyway, I mean, really clear graphic. And I'm driving along, and, and it's a beautiful morning. And, well, of course, it would be. And I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, over the landscape, superimposed over it, a sweet... As far as I can see... It's what looks like a cloud bank, and it's going all the way across the, the, the sky. And I look at it, and I realize it's not a cloud bank, it's a honeycomb. You ever seen a honeycomb when it comes? Yeah. All right, it's dripping. And below the, the, the cloud bank, the honeycomb, are people. And they're in all kinds of different postures. Some of them are very reverent. They're, they're weeping. They've got their hands out and they're catching this honey. And some of them are sharing it with their friends. And other people are coming and dipping their finger in other people's honey. And, and other people are really irritated. <laughs> you know, trying to get out of this honey. And they don't like it. And, and I'm looking at this thing, you know, and, I'm, and I, I'm so excited. I pull over to the side of the road and I'm sitting there looking at it. And I said, God, what is it? What is it? And he said, John, that's my mercy. He says, for some people, it's a blessing. And for some people, it's not. He said, John, don't ever beg me for healing again. Look at it. It's, there's plenty for everyone. John, the problem isn't on my end. The problem is down there where you are. That was one of the most profound and moving experiences I've ever had. And I've never looked at healing the same way again. I've never gone into the, the sick and dying's room in the hospital. I've never looked at a child that was in, in desperate condition. I've watched my friends die and prayed for them. But I've never, ever known the desperation of soul that I knew before that moment. Because I know the problem isn't on his end. Our God has, has sent mercy in the Son. He sent his word to heal them. Jesus has come. He brought a message of love from the Father. Healing is here. The problem is appropriating it. Getting blessed in it. Receiving it. Hey, Kate Vineyard, Jay Pathak here. I'm the National Director for Vineyard USA. And I want to just send you a short message to tell you how much we are praying for you. You are in our hearts. I mean, man, you have been through a lot. And you have a vineyard family that's standing with you and for you and praying. And uh, I just wanted to send you just a, a short encouragement. And I, I want to, first of all, commend to you your pastors, uh, Jamie and Kim Stilson. I, I was on with Jamie talking about what you guys are going through and how you're serving your community. And 
doing all that you can do to care for not just people in your church, but for the city as a whole and for the entire region, because there is so much need. And it's in moments like this, it's in moments like this, when it's the darkest, that the light shines the brightest, that hope stands out, it rings out. When people realize in moments like this, man, this can't be all there is. The world is not as it should be. This is not the way things are supposed to go. People know it inside of them. They know, how can this be? How can this happen? And if they're not careful, they associate this stuff with God somehow. Like, how did God let this happen? Or why why would God make this happen? All the worse. But you and I both know, as people that love and follow Jesus, we know that this is not the way God intended things. This is not the way that God designed the world. That the world has been distorted and broken But we also know that there is hope in Jesus. And often when things get broken, the worst, you know, we're standing at a funeral or in the middle of a disaster. It's in these moments that hope comes up from within us. We go, surely there's a way that the world is supposed to be. Surely there'll be a time when things are made new again. And you and I both know that that's true. God will make all things new again. This is not the way things were meant to be. And this is not the way they will always be. If I've been praying for you, I've had this psalm come to mind more than once. Psalm 126. Let me, let me read it to you. It's a song of ascent. So it's one of the, the psalms that they sing on their way up to the temple, on their way to worship. This is the song. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, They were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Now, here's the thing about this song. It's being sung when things are a complete mess. They're singing this song, thinking about a day when everything will be made new again, when everything will be right. And they're singing this going, one day, we're going to look back on these days differently. One day in the future, people will say, look at what God has done for them. And I want to say to you right now, Cape Vineyard, there is a day not long from this one that you're going to look back on these days and you're going to say, in the midst of all of this mess, look at what God did with us anyway. Look at people that came to Christ. Look at in the midst of tragedy, how we were able to offer hope and meaning and purpose and life and love. And you're going to be able to do that. You are doing that because of what God has done. And then the psalm kind of shifts and they say this thing about how they can see now the way that God has worked in the midst of the mess. And listen to how it turns. This turns into a prayer. So verse four. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Such a powerful song. In the midst of the mess, they're imagining a day when things will be different. And then they're declaring a prayer and a hope. They're saying, restore us, God. Allow streams to flow in the desert. 
But then they say this beautiful thing. When you go out crying, you come back with joy. Uh, when you're going out sowing these seeds, just hoping, like, I don't know, in the midst of this mess, you know, maybe something can grow in the midst of this. But you come back with sheaves, sheaves of joy. I just want to tell you, not long from this day, all things will be made new again. You know, the great hymn, Amazing Grace, says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining is the sun. You know that? We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. You know that beautiful hymn? From time to time, it's worth thinking about what we'll be doing 10,000 years from now. And it's true that God is going to make all things new again. And it's through you, through your church, that God, that little taste of heaven is coming in the midst of this devastation. And so I just want to say to you, we're praying for you. We're for you. We're with you. And we know that it's in these days the church of Jesus Christ shows that we hope for a day that's beyond this one. And it's possible there might even be some of you that, you know, you've not really said yes to Jesus. You know, you've been around this church and you're in the middle of this devastation and this might be your moment to say yes to Jesus. But there's many of you that you said yes to Jesus, but this is your moment. It's now that the mercy of God will flow through you to a hopeless and broken place. I believe that you will look back years from now and realize in the midst of this mess, God did amazing things. God bless you. We're praying for you. We're with you. We're for you. And I can't wait to see how God raises up beauty out of these ashes. You can see why the Lord put him where he is. He's second generation. Uh, all the leaders we've served under, John Wimber, Todd Hunter, Burt Wagner, and Phil Strout were all like us, first generation. He's barely was born when the vineyards started. And now he leads us with a new generation. And so we're grateful uh, to be a part of that. What a word of hope. Hmm? Psalm 126. Psalm 126. Psalm 126. We didn't tell him that. I know you probably cynically think, well, maybe we suggested or... No, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just said, Psalm 126. Psalm 126. Psalm 126. There's honey in that psalm for us. Take it with you and... and, and Find what God has to say in you in that psalm. I love the last verse of it where it says, that, throw that up, uh, verse 6, I think it is, where those that go out, uh, think of Jesus here as a prophecy about him, and then think about you. And that he, can we throw that back on the screen? Uh, 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 those who go out weeping, Jesus, because when he told the story of the parable of the soil, the sower and the soils, he was talking about himself, and the seed was the word of God, and, and he went out weeping. He wept over his city, Jerusalem. He loved his city. You know, we're called to pastor this city. This isn't our church, but you're part of it. We care for the city. 
We care for outside the city and the islands. I don't know why, but God's always had something special about islands. He just does. Our theme verse for 17 years on Sanibel was Isaiah 42, 12, declaring his praise in the islands. And so we plan on doing that. Uh, not that he loves islands more than he loves city. He just, he loves you. Cities are people. And he weeps over you. He's wept over you. And when he goes out, he's sown seed in your heart. For some of you, it was years ago. Some of you have known but drifted. Some of you have just never found his love personally. And he returns as he tells the story of the shepherd that lost his sheep and he went and found it. When he found it, he didn't scold it and slap it around and, you stupid sheep, why did you wander away? He picks it up, puts it on his shoulders and laughs and cries and says, welcome home. That's what this verse means. He, he went out sowing with tears. He reaps with songs of joy. That's why in our church we ring a bell to celebrate when people come back to Jesus or come home for the first time. And I believe the Lord's going to do that with some of you uh, this morning. It's just it's your time to come home. It's your time to know he's wept over you. He sowed seeds and he wants to scoop you up in his arms and bring you home with joy. Let's pray together. You say, what do I do, Jamie? Well, it's just a simple yes, as Jay said in his word. Lord, I say yes to you. And it's just, that's just your surrender. That's your, I need you, Jesus. It's your prayer for salvation. Yes, Lord. Yes. That's all you got to say. It's not complicated, but it's powerful. It's life-changing. It's your moment to watch God raise out of this tragedy beauty in your life. Many of you, as Jay said, have already said your yes, but some of us, it's a stale, long time ago, yes. And you need to give him a fresh yes. He's given you his yes by dying on that cross, as Joel said. And he, he grieved and he sacrificed because of the joy he knew that was coming. You are his joy. Come, Lord, bless this time of, of commitment to you, Lord, and worship. In Jesus' name, amen.